BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is John Silver, lead recruiter of the Dark Order, and you are listening to All Things Elite. Welcome to the 180th episode of Social Suplex's podcast about AEW with a proclivity for positivity. Welcome to All Things Elite. My name is Austin Somewhat. I am the host of this lovely show. Joining with me, as always, is my good buddy and friend, Floyd Johnson Jr., who had a very eventful weekend. My man, how is you doing? You want to talk about eventful weekends because I, I, you know what? I realized I am becoming. Uh, started to sing the same tune because I often come on to say I had one of the best weekends of my life, right? Well, I'll just say this to not brag. I had another great weekend in my life. Uh, yeah, so I went to San Antonio uh, to visit the enemy, uh, go to see the Royal Rumble, and we got in Friday. I uh, did a meet and greet with Bianca Belair. She's very nice. Uh, everybody's like, hey, what'd you have? I didn't really have, like, when I go get photos, I collect photos like baseball cards. I always, I've, I've told you that analogy before, Austin, right? Right. It's baseball cards. So 
if I don't have that baseball card, I try to get it. So I want to get a picture with Bianca as a part of the baseball card. I didn't really have anything to say to Bianca. I mean, she's an amazing athlete. I have nothing negative about to say about it. I think she's a great wrestler. Is she my favorite wrestler? No. Is, is she my least favorite wrestler? No. It's just, hey, I want a picture with you. Thanks. You know, be nice. She was very nice. She spent a lot of times with the little kids that came up, and, you know, she did her thing, right? But it wasn't like this life-changing moment to meet Bianca. She's fine, right? So met Bianca. That was cool. That was a cool moment. Got to hang out with the wife. Went and had some dinner. She wasn't feeling well. She actually started feeling sick on the way drive down there. Oh. And so and she got to a point where she couldn't taste. So we had all these plans to go to these different places to eat. Well, she wouldn't have been able to taste it. So we decided not to waste, uh, waste any money. So we just went to Panera, got something to eat there. Uh, Saturday, um, Saturday morning. Uh, whoever listens to this show, forgive me for saying this. Understand. Remember this. Meeting wrestlers is like baseball cards to me. There's no emotion. So I'm going to say I met someone, and I don't <laughs> want you to go crazy. Okay? I, I don't want you to go crazy. It's not personal. We're not best friends. I Nothing. I went and met Austin Theory. I went and met Austin Theory. See, that's not what I would have thought that you were going to talk about. No, no. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the day before, before that. Oh, rewind. I did meet Austin Theory. Seemed like a pleasant dude. Took a picture with him, right? The big one. I, I went heel for a few seconds. So, met Bianca, going through the store, trying to get uh, trying to get everybody the gifts that they want and all that stuff. I, someone's like, there's Nick Khan. And I look, I'm like, no. What do you mean? Yeah. And he's like, he's right there. And it was that. But you can tell by the excitement and the yelling. That was JR saying that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's right there. I look and oh shit. That was Nick Khan, the CEO of WWE. Now, let me tell you. It has been the a Sith Khan. It has been a dream of mine since I was very young and found out who the owner and CEO of the WWE was to meet the CEO in WWE. Most 30-something years of my life went by, and I never met Vince McMahon as CEO. He loses the gig last year, and with a year, within a year, I've met the new CEO. So yep. I, I met the Nikon. I was like, dude, this is like my 300 show. I'm like, I've, I've, I've been to a lot of these. And he's like, man, thanks for coming out. So I'm wearing my Cody stuff. I'm like, Cody shirt, Cody jacket, get a big old picture with him, my shit-eating grin, posted online, look who I ran into. Because my whole thing is this, right? I like meeting interesting, cool people, right? Am I a super fan of Nikon? No. Do I know his business strategies? No. Do I really care? Not really. This is Nikon. This is the CEO of a wrestling company I follow. Right. You saw an yeah. albatross. Why are you not going to go ahead and try to take a picture with that? Dude, like you just you dude. you are you are a man who supports the Jedi Con and you run into the Sith Con. Like you're not going to try to get a picture with the guy, dude. I'd take a picture with Donald Trump, dude. I would. It'd be like, hey, so you're, mean, you're better. You're better dude, than me there. You like I met Donald Trump. Cool, because he's fucking Donald Trump. And they're like, dude, one of the most interesting lives ever lived. The yeah, Donald Trump. You 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 look at. All the things he's been successful or fake successful or whatever political takes you fake on. Successful. <laughs> and, you know, everything that he's been successful in, this dude is really fucking interesting, right? So I'm like, 
okay, I want to meet you, right? It's not personal. I don't like your politics. I'm not voting for you. I'll just take a picture with you. I, it, people go really deep when you take a picture with somebody. Sure. And, and I put it's a, like, look, oh, you're, you're, you're in full support of whatever. Yeah, I look like, look who I ran into. It was cool. Now I just it, saw that, and I was just like, how in the fuck? Dude, just dumb. And, and that's the only thing I can call it, dumb luck. Because if JR hadn't pointed him out, I would have went and checked out and left. With Nick Khan right there. <laughs> and I am a ask for a picture guy. So I got my picture. JR took it. JR got his picture. Good day. Met Nick Khan. Awesome day, right? Because first thing I thought about after I got to a picture of Nick Khan and posted it. Okay. The Venn diagram of normal fans. I'm not talking about wrestlers, people that are working backstage, celebrities. Normal fans. That have both met both Nick Khan and Tony Khan. How many people do you think that is? Not a ton. Right? Now, like, Nick Khan is not like a personality like Tony Khan. Tony Khan goes around after the show and meets people. A lot of people met Nick, Tony Khan. But Nick Khan, this was a random chance, probably never gonna happen again meeting with Nick Khan. So I'm like, dude, this is really cool. So I post it, thinking it's cool. But of course, my naivety, I forget that there are some people that live this shit, you know, that live wrestling and live this wrestling war. They are about that effing life. And yeah. they are, they were in my chat. And you know what I just said? Everybody love everybody. Because you know what? It's not that deep. I'm still coming home to do all things elite, baby. Exactly. It's like, it's not, it's not deep. It's not. So then going on towards <laughs> the actual show. Yes. So uh, no, uh, then uh, the next day, Mad Austin Theory, that was fun. Went to the Royal Rumble. And yeah, uh, I I had plans, you know. I plan to skip Mania this year. I was like, yeah, it doesn't there seem it interesting. I didn't want to see The Rock versus Roman, blah, blah, blah. Then last couple weeks ago, we hear The Rock doesn't look like he's going to be in Mania. And I'm like, huh, what? Say what? Yeah, The Rock uh, probably not going to be able to get in the shape that he wants to get to to be in Mania. So I'm like, okay, okay, okay. So there was an outside chance in my mind. So literally, I bought two autographs to meet Cody because I figured uh, on Sunday because he was announced as the Sunday meet and greet. I bought a photo and two autographs. So I made sure I brought my Chase Cody, my Series 4 Chase Cody, and I brought my TNT title Cody. <clears throat> but the whole plan was, and I also got a lot of cash out. The whole plan was, the goal was, if Cody wins the Rumble, I am going to buy the Royal Rumble chair from someone as they're leaving. If Cody does not win the Royal Rumble, uh, I will keep the money and I will, you know, I will go. My plan was to go to the Supercard of Honor and not go to WrestleMania this year. <laughs> well, 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 the first match at the Royal Rumble, and I'm going to move a little quicker. First match at the Royal Rumble, uh, was the men's Royal Rumble. Uh, I was like, number one or two, I've been saying Cody needed to be number one or two so he could do his entrance. One or two comes, it's Gunther, and it's Sheamus. We go through picks, we get to 29, and I forgot who 29 was, honestly. I mean, I don't remember who 29 was. But when 29 wasn't Cody, 
and we know Cody's in the Royal Rumble. Cody's 30. We stand up, and for the second time, I am there for a re-debuting Cody. WrestleMania, his re-debut from his excursion from the WWE, which is what he's calling an excursion from the WWE. <coughs> and um, <coughs> then the music hits, and it's Cody. And then everyone gets eliminated. This just amazing moment with Logan Paul and Ricochet basically just springboarded into each other. It was just dope. Everybody's like, I don't know why that happened. I'm like, Sometimes, it was nutty. It was so, definitely nutty. I don't know what that happened. Sometimes dope shit just happens. It was cool. That's why it happened. You know what I mean? It was like, it's cool. It happened. Whatever. Uh, Cody then is in with Gunther. And I could see it going either way. Gunther has been pushed. He's been unstoppable. He's beating everybody. And then there's Cody. That's the story. That's the story I want. But maybe I want it too bad. Crossroads. Clothesline over the top ropes. Your winner of your 2023 Royal Rumble, former AWEVP, former T multiple time TNT champion, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes. I went nuts. I wore a specific shirt that night. Out of all the Cody shirts I have, I have over 20 something Cody shirts, but I wore a specific one. It was one of his last. AW shirts and it said heel babyface winner and I was like I don't care if he's a heel or a babyface at the Royal Rumble I want him to be a winner so I wore that specific shirt and after he won I literally started turning around and pointing winner and everybody went around nobody was going against Cody Literally, I was bragging to a bunch of people that were probably cheering for Cody, but I was so lost in the moment and so exuberant and so excited. And uh, this leads to a point where I, uh, I got to meet Cody the next day. And I said, when you pointed to the sign, you pointed me on a trip to L.A. I was like, you, you, didn't, you didn't point for you. You pointed for all of us. And that was just the moment. So I do get to tell a funny story. Now, this is funny story. So after the show, I'm standing in the lobby. I never go down to the floor where everybody gets chairs. I let everybody get their stuff clipped. The uh, band's checked, and then they come up to the uh, uh, come up to the lobby. Is, or the, uh, I forgot what concourse is what it's called. And I ask all people to buy the chair so I can make a deal with the guy. I have 170 cash. He's like, 200. I was like, dude, I got 170 cash, and there's no ATM around. He takes the 170 cash because the dude didn't want the chair. He just wanted to get make sure he was getting as much money as possible. Get the chair. <laughs> really happy. That's how it's done. I'm getting Cody to sign my chair the next day. Happy dance, happy dance, happy dance. I get to the door, and I'm walking out with the chair. Hey, I need to see your bracelet. What? Oh, you only, you got what nearly happened to Sydney. And they're like, what? And they was like, I need to see your bracelet. And I'm like, they sh you show your bracelets to get off the floor. <laughs> I bought this in the lobby for 170 bucks. And they were like, no, no, we, you, they shouldn't have done that, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, it doesn't say not to do it. I'm like, I've been on the floor. It doesn't say not to do it. He checked out. He left. I'm like, I don't have a bracelet. They were like, you want to wait? And I was like, dude, of course, 
I didn't steal anything. I'm telling them, I didn't steal anything. If I stole something, I would have just ran. What are you going to do? Stop me? I'm six foot, 300 and some pounds. I mean, really? No? So they call. And initially she says, my crystal tells me to run. <laughs> my wife tells me to run. <laughs> <laughs> and initially she says, hey, we're going to let him go. And she's like, wait, 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 hold on, right? So apparently someone's coming over. Now, I'm going to tell you my exact thought process. Someone's coming over. If they're coming over, they're coming to take my chair, and I'm just going to mm -hmm. be out of money. Why else would they come over? They would have just told them to let me go, right? Right. If they're coming over, they're coming to take my chair, right? The lady goes, walks off, right? The guy at the door starts looking at something else, and the door was in front of me. So I just literally ran. <laughs> That's hysterical. Now I'm going to tell you, there, it has been years since Floyd has been in a full-on sprint. <laughs> See, now we know why you've been starting to run a little bit more. <laughs> yes, so I ran. For a moment like this. So I ran left, and there was a big old crowd of people, and I knew what to do. I said, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You got right in the middle, and I knew it. They weren't going to be able to see me anymore. It's a crowd of 100 people all trying to get to the thing. <laughs> Tall people, short people, whatever, right? And then, of course, I had a jacket on that said Floyd on it, so I literally took off my jacket. <laughs> It said my name on it. No, like just in case she had paid attention, right? Just in case mm -hmm. someone had tried to check me down. So I'm just following the path of the crowd. So I'm nowhere near where I parked, right? Mm -hmm. Man, uh, the Alamo Dome is the weirdest setup. It is so hard to get to the fucking parking lot. So I literally end up walking down the street about a half a mile to a mile out of the way. Half the, and and because you're in a dome and where all these people, my phone's not working. So I right. finally get it because I'm trying to call from all the way as soon as I get away. I get away. I, I call. I finally get the phone to ring, right? I got a bunch of missed calls, but nothing ever rang. I then turn back around, walk all the way back, meet them at parking lot C, right? We're good. We're good as far as the chair. So I'm, wait, I'm waiting on, I'm waiting on um, my wife uh, to come up the stairs and I'm just sitting there holding a chair and this lady I'm not going to use any descriptors because I don't want to offend anybody but she's a lady that looks a certain way she says my knee hurts can I sit in your chair and I look at her and I was like I haven't even sat in this chair I literally just bought this chair I haven't even sat in this chair so I'm going to go ahead and say no thank you I said it polite no, thank you. She's like, oh, it's just my knee hurts. I really want to sit in the chair. I'm like, no, you know, no. I look at Tiffany, who's standing next to me. And she's like, no, I wouldn't let her sit in my chair. And I was like, okay, I know I'm not being an asshole. So I say no. And she's like, I'm not going to steal it. And I'm like, it's not that you're going to steal it. Literally, are you hearing me, Austin? I have not sat in this chair. Yes. No one has sat in this chair. And she wants to sit in my chair. This Rather sweaty looking. There's an lady. amazing idea that you could just, you, your knee hurts, sit on the floor. <laughs> there was plenty of ground right there, right? It was plenty of ground. So <clears throat> she says, fuck you then, called me and called me an asshole and said, I could take the chair if I wanted. I looked her in the eye 
in a very rare angry Floyd, and I said, I'd like to see you try. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. <laughs> My God. So, dude, like, do not catch Floyd on, like, a sl- even, like, this like, man nearly lost his chair and he had to run from basically yeah. the popo. And my heart is racing. You know, like still I'm like I've ran a lot. So, Dude, I'd yeah. imagine t- I cuz Tiff was right next to you, right? Yeah. I'd imagine her looking at you like, "Let's just go." Yes. So, but I had to wait on my wife. I know. So it's like, it's, "Well, let's fucking meet let's meet her halfway." So, I look at this lady and she she walks away and that's it. <laughs> but yeah, like Chris, <laughs> Tiffany looks at me like, "I've never actually seen you angry." <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. This, this little tiny woman is telling me she can just take her chair from like, come on, man. Hey, hey, I might be nice. I ain't no bitch. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, I didn't want you to sit in my chair because you're hot. And you, you look all hot and sweaty and you're going to fuck up my chair. It had nothing to do that with me thinking you were going to steal it. Mm-hmm. That was the honestly until she said, I'm not going to steal it. That never even crossed my mind. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I don't, there was a hundred other reasons I didn't want you to sit in my chair other than, uh, oh, you're going to steal it. Yes, I, yep. I'm terrified of the tiny white woman stealing my chair. I'm <laughs> 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 like, what? what? God damn. San Antonio. So, no, that, that was just hilarious. Uh, well, yeah, we got together. I'm like, I told him, I was like, I am sorry I didn't tell you before I left, but when that lady went away and was, like, looking for people... Yeah, again, like, it's an instance that you've never experienced anything like that, and you're just like, I'm gonna lose my chair, get kicked out of this show, like, fucking no. My whole thing is, if you wanted to take my chair and give me my money back, you know what, I'll go out and get another chair from someone else that's already out the door. But you were going to take my chair, and I was gonna be out my money. That's yeah, what so. was, was going to happen. So I really mm-hmm. only had one option right then. Right. Bounce. So I, I bounced. It's like, so I, I tried to call. I was maybe 30 seconds away. The phone would not dial out or ring the whole time. So I got away with the chair. There you go. And that's what I feel like. That's what The I things like. Floyd does for a Cody chair. Yes. And yes. So the next day, you see Cody. Um. Uh, we see Cody go up for the picture side and gives a big hug. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> he tells Tiffany, he's like, when we won last night, I thought of both of you. Oh. Wow. I was like, not expecting to hear anything like that ever. And like, I was like, dude, I never thought I would cross your mind when you won. Them. And like, he could have been working me, but that shit worked right then. You sure. got me. So <clears throat> said hi to my wife. We got a picture. So then I come up with the autograph. He signs the chair. And he's like, dude, thank you for taking the picture with Nick Khan. He's like, and you were wearing the Cody jacket? You made me look really good. <laughs> and, I, and then I said, yeah, I think I'm in the, like, the very small Venn diagram of regular fans that have met Tony and Nick Khan. He was like, I think you got something there. And that's how that conversation was. That's sick. And then we got an update from Fightful today and to uh, cap this off that the Cody Rhodes signing with Fitterman's 
was the most successful signing they've had since the partnership with the WWE, and they look to do more later. And that's from Fightful Select. I'm not taking go. any credit from that. I just like, let me tell you, I could tell you because I will say they sold a thousand photos. Because I believe it. I, I believe was in it. the first section of people, right? I was in the first section of people. The, the, the store, there was a line in the store, a line outside the store, wrapped around and all the way down the sidewalk up to the stairs. The dude, the Fitterman guy, uh, I think his name's <laughs> Rob Fitterman or whatever, come out and said, looks at the crowd and says, oh, fuck. I think yep. he realized they oversold. And they sold so many, they had no more tickets with Cody's face on it. They were scratching out other people's names and writing Cody on the <laughs> That's how many they sold. It was impressive. It was amazing. Great weekend. Got to spend time with uh, Tiffany. She got to meet my wife and actually spend time with her first time. Oh. So, yeah, like, probably the two closest women in my life actually got to hang out. Uh, Jackie Guerrero got to hang with her, and, and it just met a whole bunch of people in line. It was an amazing time. Uh, amazing time. Uh, you know, again, you know, us, you know, us Cody people, we stick together. And, uh, yeah, so that day, my, t- my ticket is starting to be booked. I am going to, I am going to uh, WrestleMania. And there you go, man. I'm happy for you. It, it, it is actually pretty freaking crazy that that's about to happen. Yeah. And to cap off the whole little side tangent about Rumble, um, uh, yes, you're Sammy, Sammy Zayn. Yes. I'm so happy for this dude, man. I, again, I've screamed about Sami Zayn since fucking NXT. Like 2014 NXT. So the fact that this man got one of the loudest pops I've ever heard, wonderful. I am so ecstatic, and I hope nothing for the best for him. He's genuinely one of my favorite wrestlers, and I'm so glad he's getting his just dues because I, I was screaming about this guy fucking years ago, and he's finally getting his love, and I love it. I'm so happy. That's all I had to say on that. But getting back over to the AEW side of things, we got a lot to talk about, too. No, I a- mean, something else happened this weekend. You, you got to talk about it, sir. We talked something about else it before the show. Let me get my shilling out of the little way, and then I'll get... <laughs> okay. Floyd, okay. Floyd's trying to egg me on right yeah, now. I'm so. excited. I'm excited. Oh, God. Okay. So we got to get into a lot of things, of course, with AEW this week. Um, before we get into everything, though, we got to make sure you guys are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy us on Spotify or wherever you listen to us, please share us with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. You can also leave a rating and a review if you would like as well. But you can also follow us on social media. On Twitter, we are at ATElitePod. At Social Suplex are the guys that make this show possible. Check out all the other shows they have on their network. I'm at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. I'll mention this real quick, and then I'll get into what Floyd wants me to talk about, which is our news of the week, which is that Dark Elevation had their 100th episode, so they did a few other extra special things like having Ian Riccoboni, Big Show, and Daddy Magic all on commentary. And the main event had Claudio Castagnoli defending the Ring of Honor World Championship against All Heart Blake Christian. It was a little bit more of like a special elevation sort of thing. And they've had some you know, guys come on there and do some a lot of cool stuff. Um, so we just wanted to mention that since it's a big I did, mark. And I also wanted to tell people, they have been upgrading their matches on elevation. They have. Lately. So 
It's not, I mean, it was skippable. I will tell anybody, I would watch it so you didn't have to. And I would say most of the time it was largely skippable. And, you know, lately they have been really trying to put competitive good matches. We had a triple threat tag last week. Now we had that tag match. Athena was in a match. It was just, it was actually a pretty solid show. It's, it's largely something that if you just like wrestling, like a good weekly wrestling show, it is a good weekly wrestling show. Yeah, no. So, uh, it's a good thing to know that they're really trying to put effort into dark, dark elevation at least because um, there's a lot of good there's there's some stuff there's some like some diamonds in the rough a little bit in that regard. But getting into what Floyd wants me to talk about, and some of you might have an idea of what this is, but not exactly is what I'll preface this as. You might not exactly know because I'm angry, like genuinely fucking angry. Um, yeah, I know what else is new, but. Here's the deal. So, with it being Royal Rumble weekend, there was a lot of things. There was a lot of buzz going into the show. Um, Floyd, of course, I'm sure you went to the Royal Rumble Super Show or Fan Fest or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, that's where I met all the people. That's where you met everybody? Yeah. A lot of fun. There was a event on uh, Rumble Day. It was a WWE 2K23 event at the Royal Rumble Fan Fest. Um, Drew McIntyre was there, and Seth Rollins was also there. Um, in the most ridiculous attire, as is Seth Rollins. And this was a uh, uh, event that was specifically for, you know, Royal Rumble, you know, trying to get some last-minute buys. And then also 2K23, Cena's on the cover again. And they put, like, three different versions of Cena on the cover. So 2K23, we're trying to push and sell about the announcement of 2K23. Seth Rollins does an interview. I won't say who the guy who interviewed him is. You can look it up. Seth Rollins does an interview with this guy. And for no reason, with the absolute like skill of segueing as somebody who proceeded to fucking slip and fall and crack their skull on that pavement, we're in an event talking about WWE 2K23 in the Rumble. Hey, Seth Rollins. What's your thoughts on CM Punk? You think he'll ever come back? To which Seth Rollins replies, Oh, Philly Phil, Phil Brooks, stay away. Stay away, you cancer. Get away from me forever. I don't like Phil. He sucks. I hate him. What, did we all just figure that out? Oh, he sucks. We figured that out over here. They're figuring out that over there. Yeah, go do something else. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Phil. Uh, For y'all who think that I'm angry about Seth Rollins, about what he said about CM Punk, I'm not. I'm really not, because first, what else new? What new ground have we made? Oh, he's cancerous. Oh, he's toxic. Oh, everyone hates him on wrestling. I can open my phone on Twitter and find forty people saying the exact same thing right now. Oh, and Seth Rollins hates Seth hates uh, CM Punk. Could have fooled me. I did. I like. Wasn't it just a couple years ago on backstage on Fox Sports where them them two were having a little bit of a beef with. Seth Rollins literally tweeting fight me CM Punk and CM Punk talking shit back on backstage oh I must have completely missed that so no once again for the 40 millionth time if you hate CM Punk I don't care go ahead and do that because I understand why you would he is a dick to a lot of people 
It's what, I mean, look, he gives it to you straight. It's one of the reasons why I like him. He doesn't bullshit you. He gives you exactly 100% what he is. But it's another reason why people hate his guts. I've always said I don't care if you like him or don't. I just like him personally. I like what I like. I don't give a fuck what people don't like. It's that simple. Where my problem lies is, if y'all are not familiar uh, with myself, and that's completely fine, I get it. I'm, I'm really nobody at the end of the day. But um, I studied broadcast journalism in college. I studied sports broadcasting. Uh, and I graduated with a degree in sports broadcasting and journalism. That's what I do for work right now. And let me tell you right now, I've never seen such a fucking hack in my life than this dipshit interviewing Seth Rollins for that little clip. What a fucking hack you are. The absolute segue of that interview. Oh, y'all are both Midwestern boys. Oh, see you and CM Punk, bro. I fucking what? Like, where was that even needed? What was the point of bringing that up? I will tell you why. And it was as clear as clear as day. That was the most clickbaity bullshit I've ever seen. Took no effort whatsoever. I could pull a fucking kid off of the side of the street and given him a microphone and told him, hey, Go ask this question. Would have gotten the same response. You didn't do anything special. And this motherfucker in the interview wants to look down the lens of the camera with this stupid fucking grin on his face like, oh, guys, can you believe he's saying this? What a scoop. Oh, my God. Go to my website. Fuck you, you stupid shitbag. You suck. You are awful at your job and you're awful at your job and you don't even realize it. And that's how stupid you are. Because it's fucking clickbait bullshit and the thing that pisses me off even more so is that people fell for it hook, line, and sinker. That shit went all over Twitter. Everyone was sharing it and everyone was tweeting at Seth Rollins like, go off king, let him cook, let him cook, WWW, fuck CM Punk. And again, people can do what they want. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. It's fine. But again, who the fuck are you? And don't worry, I actually looked at who you are. You're a guy that has no broadcast journalism experience whatsoever. You know how I know that? Because you're listed as your experience as being a wrestling fan for 15 years. Holy shit. That's so crazy. Give this man $100 million and a Pulitzer Prize. He's been a wrestling fan for 15 years. He's obviously qualified to do this shit. You know his qualifications? Being a fucking theater critic. That makes you qualified to cover professional wrestling? Bullshit. Bull fucking shit. You are a hack. An absolute fucking hack. That took no effort whatsoever. You have no ability to actually conduct an interview in a productive way. You just know how to get clickbait. You just know how to ask the questions that you already know the answers to. Seth Rollins hates fucking CM Punk. Holy shit, the sky is blue. I can't fucking believe it. I have to go to your website to figure that shit out. I have to look at your stupid fucking face next, next to Seth Rollins, looking all fucking aghast like, I can't believe he's saying this. Sure you can't. Sure you fucking can't. And here's the end of the day right now, because this is the fun part of the whole situation. Remember the all-out fucking presser? That's the same dipshit that Punk was calling out at the fucking beginning of the presser about how he did a story about him and Colt Cabana and all that kind of stuff, failing to put in the fucking story that he had a past relationship with Cole Cabana doing improv with him. That was what that whole ordeal was. He wrote a story, didn't fail to mention that he had a past relationship with Cole Cabana. That is journalism 101. If you have 
past experiences with somebody and you were friends with them or you weren't or you did something with them and you're writing anything about them in a journalistic tech uh, setting, you have to make that clear. You have to list that in the story like, hey, I had this past relationship because otherwise you're not showing journalistic integrity and you're lying and you're just fucking being deceitful. That is exactly what that fucking ordeal was at the beginning of the presser. And what did this guy do? He cowered. Oh, no, me and him aren't friends anymore. No, we don't We don't see eye to eye. Blah, 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 blah. Fucking dick rider. Stupid piece of shit. That's how I know you have no journalistic integrity because that's fucking basic shit that you learn in Broadcasting 101. If you have any past relationships with somebody, you fucking write that shit in there. You put that at the fucking end of the story being like, hey, just so you know, I had this past relationship with this guy. So... I might be compromised in some way. But no, that doesn't get you the clickbait. That doesn't get you the fucking notoriety that you somehow have, even though you're fucking talentless and you're shit. Go fuck yourself. There's a reason why I don't even have to say your fucking name, because people will remember Seth Rollins for the things that he said about CM Punk. People will remember CM Punk shit about everything that he said at that press conference. No one remembers your fucking bum ass, and they won't, because you suck. That's all I have to say on that matter. And Floyd, if you have anything whatsoever, if you have anything else you want to add on the matter, I, I, this shit has been boiling inside of me since fucking Saturday. That's what it is, and that's what it's always gonna be. That's all I have to say about it. So, uh, all shade, all tea, all facts. Fuck you. See. Let's talk. We can talk about AEW now. The, the, yeah, we we'll get to the, we'll get to the positive side. We'll get to the positive side of the things. Floyd is at the always positive end of the spectrum. I have that little bit of a fucking negative, negative shit on me that I will fucking let loose you at a what? drop and, of a hat. And I, sometimes I feel like our audience could use a change of pace. So, you know, they get sugary sweet for me. I am like a dozen Krispy Kreme donuts <laughs> with a hot chocolate. You know what I mean? I am sugar on top of sugar. So, sometimes we need... We need you to bring some levity to some evenness, some balance to this show. So I thank you for that. Um, yeah. When I, I honestly, when I, I saw it, I actually didn't pay any attention to it. Because, in my opinion, it, Seth Rollins was going, ha, ha, ha. And he was in full Seth freaking Rollins gimmick. And he said the thing that he knew would get played and he used the media for what he's supposed to use it for something to that that was a sound bite that would have people talking about Seth Rollins you know on a weekend where he wasn't going to be the main event he wasn't one or two he wasn't going to stay an hour people were still talking about Seth Rollins so great use yeah it doesn't media. doesn't hurt Seth in any sort of way and great use Seth, of the again. media from him and he's and here's the thing, he's the wrestler. That's his job. You do that shit to get people to talk about you so that way there's notoriety about you, there's notoriety about the company, there's notoriety about the show. Because even in some sort of small way, that helps build attention for Royal Rumble. Because hey, maybe CM Punk does show up in Royal Rumble. It's anybody who thought that was gonna happen, you're an idiot. But so hey, He's still under contract with the company. Yeah, I mean, see, I'm pretty sure when that contract is up, it's not going to be a quiet thing. They're going to say we have come to the terms of the release with 
Phil Brooks, a.k.a. CM Punk. That is No, but that's the thing, though. It was the rumble. Everyone was like, oh, man, is CM Punk going to jump ship? I was like, how in the world are we having this fucking conversation? Uh, yes, uh, just like so the people that thought Jay White was going to show up. I'm not, I'm not mad at you because that's the, that's the fun of the rumble to speculate, but I did laugh at you. Like mm-hmm. when you were in line and people were like, oh, I think Switchblade's showing up. I was laughing at you. Not with you, at you. At you. Because if Switchblade was no longer with the company that he was in, he's a world champion, you know, multiple time Wrestle Kingdom main eventer. That's something that would be reported. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That he is completely gone from them. That is something that would be reported. That's not going to fall through the cracks. So, hey, but you know what? I am I'm never gonna harsh anyone's mellow. I'm never going to harsh your anticipation or excitement. I I felt bad for this kid the next day. He was like, I really didn't like the Royal Rumble. He's like, it was too predictable. And I was like, and I look at him and we're talking, and I was like, sometimes the expected move is the right move. Sure. Like, I predicted Hangman was going to beat Kenny Omega because it was time for Kenny Omega to lose. They, like Everyone knew it was coming. That didn't stop the match from being great. And then CM Punk's turn to win and all this stuff. We saw these things coming. Some of the best storylines in wrestling history are ki- kind of predictable because wrestling storytelling is pretty simple. So it was just, it was weird. And he said this. Now, I have, you know what? I have to give an award that I've never gave before. The dumbest thing I heard of the weekend of the week. And this was the dumbest dumbest thing thing I heard. This is dumbest. This is number one. Honestly, we'll find it hard to find anything dumber than the statement I'm about to say. This man said that Logan Paul deserved the WWE shot at WrestleMania more than Cody Rhodes. That's, no, that's, not, that's, that's, not, that's not the dumbest part. He said, because three matches is not enough to qualify you to be an event WrestleMania. Talking about Cody, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Austin. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm no math magician. I am not an engineer. But do you know exactly how many matches Logan Paul's had in the WWE? Four. Three. Well, counting the Rumble. Yeah, before the, the, the yes, yes. So, yes, four, if you count that as being a match. Cody wrestled, and apparently only pay-per-views count as matches. Because Cody wrestled. From WrestleMania, he wrestled on Raw every week until he got hurt. So he's wrestled far more than three matches. And the 10 years he was with WWE before that apparently doesn't count. Logan Paul is more deserving of the main event of WrestleMania than Cody Rhodes. I was stumped. I had people, no comeback. Well, say the darndest things. I had no comeback. He won the conversation because I literally had no comeback because that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> Flat yep. earthers look like geniuses compared to this dude. Facts. Facts. And I, I was stumped. 
I had no winning comeback. I had nothing. I I was <clears throat> I was just like Again, dude, think, like I some people I, will say just the damnedest things. I think at some point I got out that's a take. That's definitely a take. I think that mm-hmm. was the only thing I could say. Because calling someone stupid to their face is frowned upon. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't do it. I am a positive person. I'm a nice person. You but... see, I would have been like, what the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? I literally wanted to call this man stupid. But I was see, like, you see, know listen, what? people, listen. <laughs> yeah. Floyd is the person Floyd is the person that we should all aspire to be. Like, Floyd out here is hearing people say the dumbest shit about pro wrestling. And he's out here being like, you know what? Okay, you know, it's nice to hear different opinions sometimes or whatnot, even though it's wrong. Like, I mean, I, I mean, that's definitively like, wrong. I'm like, I'm like, your whole reason for saying Cody <clears throat> doesn't deserve the match is for saying he didn't wrestle enough matches. Yep, and, and the, the person, math just the, the, the math person, don't add up. And the person that you said deserves it more than him has wrestled infinitely less matches than him. Mm-hmm. Yep. See again, Floyd. Floyd will come out here and he'll 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 hold himself back. Well, as meanwhile, I'll go off on a no name dipshit internet uh, fucking journalist. I'm glad Jr. was not there, because Jr. Yep. Is more leans towards you. Yeah, that man would have called him stupid to his face. Yeah, you stupid. Yes, like you are. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You know, mm-hmm. I mean. I like saw Idiocracy, the movie, like on my <laughs> yep, face. yep. I was like, I wish your parents hadn't procreated. Okay, <laughs> that's how stupid what you just said is. I wish you weren't alive. To t- I don't want you to die. I wish you never existed. <laughs> so I didn't have to hear that. You you would have wanted it. Like, can I can I sign you up to be on all my balls? Everybody in the group all stared at each other, speechless. <laughs> Like everybody that was around was about six people around, all looked at each other and we all made contact and none of us knew what to say. This is a real like a event just... that I wish I was making up. I wish I was telling a colorful story, but I can't make that up. Yep. But yeah, so that that can move off from yes, that whole ordeal. Yes. And I I will say I will say too if people are wondering my thoughts on the Rumble just real quick. I thought the show was eh fine. I thought it was fine. Uh, but I mean the finish for the entire show with Sammy and the Bloodline. Yeah. Literally top tier S tier five star <laughs> shit. Like outstanding. You know, that that's the reason why people like the ending was so good. It's making people say a mediocre show was outstanding, I will say. The greatest Royal Rumble of all time. Greatest in my opinion. Well, oh, there you go. It, I'm, it, I'm glad you feel it. It has never been touched, and it never will be touched. Oh, God, hey, and no. especially after following last year's Rumble, it was going to be better regardless. Dude, four Rumbles I've been to, right? So the first one, Randy won. Uh, but wet fart, right? The second one, the guy that I was going for, Drew McIntyre won, right? And that I, was a great one. That one was great. I had to miss my moment. I had to miss... Drew main eventing WrestleMania that year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Third WrestleMania I went to last year, Brock Lesnar. Again, wet fart. This year, the wrestler, you know, that honestly, if you talk about other than kind of equal, even before FDR, the person that I can honestly say. I- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. I was close, most closely associated with as being a fan is Cody Rhodes, right? I mean, it's pretty pretty uh, known. It's not me not trying to make myself more important or anything, but people right. know I'm a huge Cody fan. And I got to see him then win the Royal Rumble. And it's just like, like the amount of great moments as far as just professional wrestling in general that I have been involved with over the last year that have included my favorites. Honestly, I mean, I've had a wrestling lifetime worth of awesome moments, including my favorites in the last year. There you go, dude. There you go. I will still say my favorite rumbles are the one where Shinsuke won and Drew. Yeah. So outstanding. Drew was cool because Brock Lesnar, man, he's kind of stole the show in that one. That, dude, that was outstanding. And him with Keith Lee, dude, holy yeah. shit. Just chunking the person and their facial expressions. And then Edge, is, Edge again. Yes, exactly. Huge. It, it, throwing Edge's music on is the easiest way to guarantee a pop. Yeah, it's, hell, it's, he did that for 2010's Rumble. Yeah, it's just amazing. So now, and then <clears> Cody <throat> with the, the, the Triple H entrance, you know, the 30. He came in at 30 and like yeah. the crowd was going freaking nuts. And it was amazing. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. honored to be there for it. For sure. Now, I know we've talked a lot. We will go ahead and get into the AEW shit with Dynamite from last week taking place from Lexington, Kentucky, which opened up with the Ocho, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara, Les Sex Gods, facing off against Action and Jetty and Absolute Ricky Starks. Fightful Zone, Sean Ross Sapp in the building because he's from Kentucky. So yep. I, I just thought that was really cool. That he was Shout out to Cody making fun of Sean No, we can't let Sean have the last question for this press conference. <laughs> we can't. That was funny. Yeah. Like, we'll go all night, but Sean can't have the last question. But uh, this was a solid opening match, I would say. Um, Having uh, Andrade continuing to try and get one over on uh, Jericho, who seems to be, once again, the guy that just cannot seem to get past him. But basically, there is a lot of outside stuff that took place in this match. Uh, There was a moment where uh, Sammy Guevara uh, is hit with a uh, hanging neckbreaker. But then Ricky Starks uh, hits Rochambeau on uh, Jericho on the outside. But then Daniel Garcia comes, hits him with a baseball bat. And then that's when Action and Dreddy's in the ring. And he is uh, hit with the GTH by Sammy Guevara. And he gets pinned by Sammy Guevara. So a little bit of a surprise right there as a, when Action and Dreddy gets hit with the bat. And then all of a sudden he takes the pin. Um, so they finally were able to get... Uh, Action and Dreddy, at least a little bit, like by doing some cheating super uh, 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 superstar type of stuff with some sports entertainer stuff, and uh, Jericho and Guevara get the win. I thought this was a pretty solid opening match. I, I, uh, I, continues this. I thought it was a needed result. It was because again, Andretti had been like gotten one over and over and over. It was like it seemed like this was the point where it's like, okay, Jericho at least has something. But again, it was more so Sammy's work as it was opposed to. Uh, uh, Sammy, it was it was the Jericho Appreciation Society basically giving Jericho a chance to make sure he can be like, okay, I beat you. Yes, 
But it's been six on two, and the fact that the two has been in beating the six has been kind of ridiculous. Yeah, they needed to at least finally jump on them. Yeah, the numbers game had to work once. Otherwise, you know, why are you a group? So, no, yep. no, that was actually a pretty cool uh, pretty cool moment. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah. I believe this is a show where I had something that I didn't like, and actually I had a tweet kind of, I wouldn't say blow up, but mini blow up, mini blow up. So, do you have the tweet right now? Uh, do, do I have the tweet right now? No, but I was. I do remember when it happened, and I was going point to it, point it out when it happened. Okay, perfect. Then we'll get to it when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, moving, though, on afterwards, there was a beautiful, beautiful video package honoring the legacy of Jay Briscoe. Um, this was the moment where finally we they were able to do at least some form of tribute to Jay Briscoe on, on Dynamite. Um, Warner, Warner Media slash Warner Discovery Media, whatever the hell, like finally uh, acquiesced and they allowed Jay, uh, Mark Briscoe to be on the show and they allowed the video package and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, just after the show went off the air, the Ring of Honor episode of the Tribute uh, Celebration of Life episode about Jay Briscoe came out. Um, lots and lots of fun that. We won't go over that, but I will say shining moment was when the crowd interacted with the Eddie Kingston QT Marshall match and Eddie gets the crowd to hold QT while he chops him and QT tries to do the same thing and the fans just tell him no and then they're like chop him again when Kingston turns him back around that was a lovely moment and everyone had a lot of beautiful things to say about uh, Jay Briscoe so definitely seek that out it's on Honor Club and it's on YouTube if you have any if you uh, haven't seen it and his memorial service from Sunday on the 20th yeah uh, a memorial service on Sunday 29th is on YouTube. I did not personally watch it, but everyone that liked it thought it was amazing. There's uh, some clips that have come out about Mark's uh, eulogy that he gave. Yeah, but I will say this. Uh, I decided not to watch that or uh, that because um, for, for me, unfortunately, my fortunate, I have the fortunate ability to say my last memory of Mark Briscoe or Jay Briscoe. You mean of Jay Briscoe? Jay, excuse me. So, did not mean to do that, but we were talking about Mark. But the last memory of Jay Briscoe was covered in blood after a battle, after one of the best matches I ever seen in my life. Covered, uh, covered in blood with the ROH titles in the belt next to his brother. That's my lasting memory of it, and I think it's kind of perfect. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good to put that out. Put that like that. Um, we then will move over, though, to the TNT Championship match between Darby Allen and Buddy Matthews. These guys did really, really good stuff, I will say. There was some awesome fucking stuff. Buddy Matthews, dude, like, I, he can hit with fucking authority and speed in his moves. And I remember seeing this dude do a quick little match at WrestleMania 34 Fan Fest, where he literally just did, uh, at WrestleMania Access, yeah, a match with, uh, it was actually, yeah, it was, a. Uh, it was uh oh what's his name the guy that got hurt all the time and then uh, he had the small stint uh in AEW uh, he oh god what the hell is his name he got hurt all the time he was in AEW for like yeah he got yeah he, he got hurt and he was like oh my career's over he also raps what's his name Enzo Mori no 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 he Enzo was never in AEW I don't know you said he raps all the time that's not no 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 what the fuck is his name. I uh, don't remember. He raps. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he raps, yeah. I'm trying to think of rappers. 
Oh my god, dude, it's driving me nuts because I know who he is, but I, I mean, his name is genuinely like it's because I'm fucking blanking on it for some reason. What the fuck, dude? Dude, shit. What does what he look f- like? He's black. Black. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's short and quick and speedy. Leo Rush. Thank you. Leo Rush. That's his fucking Why name. Why didn't you just say he was black? There's like five wrestlers. Thank you. Yeah, because in my head I was thinking. <laughs> Lee, in my head I, I had Lee Moriarty, and I'm like, that's not right. But they both start with Lee. Like, <laughs> it was like all you had to do is say he was black. I'm right Hell there. Man. <laughs> <laughs> right there, I can point him out. Yeah. Son of a bitch. No, we all know I saw, him have, I saw on, Buddy Matthews have a match with. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I saw Leo Rush, uh, Buddy Matthews have a match with Leo Rush at WrestleMania 34 Access, and it was fucking sick. Honestly, um, they just moved with such quickness and force and everything they did. And Buddy did the same thing in this match with uh, Darby as well. They did really, really fucking good stuff. Buddy Matthews um, is one of those people I kind of wish would have. I mean, I like him in the House of Black. Don't get me wrong. I, I do. I think he brings something to the look. But I kind of wish he just would have went to Impact and dominated because he's such a good wrestler, right? He is. And, but he's never going to be kind of pushed to the top of a company for him to really show how good of a wrestler he is. And it was like that year that he was the champion. And on top at 205 Live, everybody was like, oh, my God, Buddy Matthews is just basically stole Kenny Omega's moveset because he could do everything amazingly. And it's just like he was getting all this love. And it's just like I wish he was in a bolo or something just where everybody could just see how good he is because he is really, really good. And it's like the wrestling fans, wrestling fan knows how good he is. But he's just never been in a position to be pushed as a heavyweight. I could even see him going like to New Japan and maybe, you know, you know, he was a he was a cruiserweight in WWE. Maybe he could be a junior heavyweight in the, uh, New Japan. I don't know. He's just too talented to sometimes. He's always in that third. Just spot. to be a third member. Yeah, yeah. He's too talented. I I agree with that. I am glad that he is in the House of Black because again, he does I think add a different element there. But yes, it, he could go wherever he wanted and just be a guy that could just do outstanding matches and really tear it up. Um, Darby Allen got the retaining win. Uh, Samoa Joe then appeared on the television screen on the Titantron to uh, call out Darby Allen, saying that I'm going to take everything from you. Uh, he's going to take back what is mine. You, I, the king, will not be usurped by a man like you. And he'll say, you will learn that that championship win will be the biggest mistake you made in your career. Um, so Joe mm-hmm. looking to come back and get that TNT title back. Top um, tier menacing promo. He's oh, dude. Top tier. Joe elite, is. Elite God tier. Like, he is. I, I, this is the only man that has ever cut a promo that made me scared for Brock Lesnar. Yes. Oh, dude, that promo was outstanding. Exactly. Exactly, and you knew exactly what I was talking about. Fucking forehead to forehead shit, dude. He made me scared for Brock Lesnar because this dude just has this badass, just absolute intensity. I was like, like, dude, Darby's gonna die. That's like Mm -hmm. he he gives off the he gives off the the attitude, the feel that he will literally murder you to win. In his mm-hmm. promos, in his words. And it's just like, it's so beautiful to me. I mean, as a, as a fan of wrestling, to get caught up in, to maximum level believability. I, I really, I really like it. Even when he cut it, I was like, 
really like, oh my God, those are the Joe promos that like that dude could come in and put on a chin lock for 15 minutes. And I wouldn't care because the promo got me so excited for this match. I am ready to see Darby and Samoa Joe go at it because of Joe's promo. For sure. We then had Jungle Hook, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry and FTW champion Hook face off against Ethan Page and Matt Hardy of The Firm. Once again, Matt Hardy kind of having to do Ethan Page's bidding and all this kind of stuff. Um, but as the match is going on, though, there's a point where um, Matt goes for the twist of faith after he blind tags himself in. But then Ethan Page is like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm going to finish him off and tags himself back in. Page tried to go and hit a twist of fate of his own. Jack Perry got out of it, hit the snare trap uh, submission. Hook then proceeds to uh, keep H- Matt Hardy out of the way, and then Ethan Page taps out. It didn't seem um, like Matt Hardy was fighting that hard to get in. No, he was not. He was just kind of like, <laughs> yeah. uh, if like, you're gonna, lo- if we're gonna lose, at least you're losing it for us. I'm like, yeah, Don't blame you, me. You look like uh, he looks like the Cincinnati Bengals right guard blocking on Sunday. <laughs> Ooh, man. How about that mayor? He needs to know his role and shut his mouth, Jabroni. Mm hmm. Burrowhead. That was such a good move, wasn't it? You have become the Bungles once again. Dude, dude. uh, I'm happy for you, bro. I'm happy. It's so weird, dude, because I've got two wrestling friends that I'm super close with. One's a Chiefs fan, one's a fucking Eagles fan. And I'm like, I'm just in the middle of all this shit. All right. Waiting for 2024 when the Lions win it all. You know what's so funny about this game, right? The Eagles and Chiefs, if you hear, they like each other. So this is going to be the least angry Super Bowl ever. You've got brother versus brother, dude. Like two brothers that people love. The Kelseys are like some of people's favorite wrestling, I mean, uh, football players. And then A.J. Brown posted that him and Willie Gay went to the same high school in New Jersey and won a state championship together. These teams are genuinely friends. And that's why I'm like, I'm not talking a lot of shit to my Eagles fans because that's not the vibe the teams are bringing. So I'm like, okay. Philly, Philly fans will still talk shit because oh, it's Philly. They're, they're, go- they're going to talk shit and I'm going to let them talk shit because I got him. You know what I mean? I got him. My guy's the best quarterback in the league on one foot. Okay. I don't, have, I don't have to talk shit. <laughs> I'm glad Jalen Hurts. I'm glad Jalen Hurts made the Super Bowl, so that way Jared Goff can make the Pro Bowl. So thank you for that. Hey, Jalen Hurts. I will not commend. You will not hear me speak more glowingly about football players outside of my team than Jalen Hurts. That dude is a born leader and a born winner, and he does everything right. I like Jalen Hurts. What is? Mm-hmm. What are we at now? Eleven days from now. Fuck Jalen Hurts. Yep, there it is. There it is. <laughs> Moving on now. Uh, we had the family therapy session, which, Floyd, our prayers were answered. It was a backstage segment. It, it did, wasn't in the middle of the ring. Yes, and it, was, it came off so much better. It did. TK, I don't even know if you listen to this show. You probably don't even know I exist. I was kind of just Tiffany's friend, and I'm fine with that. But I thank you for this backstage segment because it worked and it built up excitement for what's it going to be. And pissed off Billy Gunn is probably one of my favorite pissed off people. It's like, yeah, no, absolutely. (laughs) It's like, this is stupid. I feel like this is building towards Billy turning on the acclaimed. 
know it why. Seems like, uh, I don't know why. I, I don't know. And, and you know what? And if you someone says they didn't see it, and Floyd, I don't know what you're looking at. I completely understand. It's just the vibe I picked up on that it feels like Billy Gunn's going to turn on the claim. I don't mm-hmm. know why. I don't know why. It just feels like it. Right. You ask me to say, what did he do? Was there a facial expression? Just an overall vibe. That That's really the only way that people are going to care about this feud. Because literally, no one's talking about this feud. No one cares. Yeah, that's the thing is like, again, there's no real like, heat. there's no threat with the guns. Yeah. There's, there's like no heat in this in this feud at all. Yep. I want it to be. Because I like Austin and Colton. Dude, they they are nice. They got a look. They work hard. I mean, they're pretty good on the mic. I mean, you know, they could they could get a little nastier if I for Yeah, I think Austin know. is better than Colton. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's just like they're there. They look like they should be stars. Something's missing. I don't know what it is. Can't tell you what it is, but something is missing there. Yeah, and I think after, uh, like, we'll see where this finishes out because I'm still interested to see how it goes. I don't and... feel like their come up has been like no slow enough. Like, if like Top Flight was in the same position, I would be okay with it. But I felt like it went from them losing every week to now they're in the title picture. It just felt, yeah. felt kind of rushed and like out of nowhere. I don't feel like. Yeah. And again, it was deal. just simply because, oh, their dad's involved with it. So I guess that's the excuse. Yeah. And I'm like, so we, I was like, I need to do, maybe win a rivalry against a lesser tag team, win another rivalry. And then I'm like, oh, okay. Or like win a fatal four way match where you, you know, earn the number one contender spot. It just feels like they're just kind of thrown in there right now. I kind of like, even though he was better. Almost how I feel like people felt about Kip Sabian in the Orange Cassidy thing. It was like, why are you getting a title shot? You know, why are you getting another title shot? It's like, give me somebody I think could be real. I want, like I said, I want the guns to work pretty much as much as anyone except their dad. Because I, I genuinely like the dudes. They're cool people, whatever. But, yeah, it's just like something's off about this. And I wish I could put my finger on it. Yeah, and I think after we get some time, I think there'll be a moment where it kind of clicks, hopefully, because, again, I feel like they've got a lot of I, – I, they got to make sure that they claimed what they're in as the tag team champions. It has to be, like, top-tier stuff because, you, like, again, FTR is just waiting in the wings for you to fucking slip up and then give them a reason to get the belts. Don't, gi- don't give them a reason. They're, they're always there, and like Matt Cardona, they're always ready. There you go. Um, there was a backstage interview with Hangman towards Renee, who was, uh, you know, all awkward, being like, "Hey, your hu- your husband killed me. I killed him, and we'll see what happens next week." Uh, what's uh, we're one and one right now, so we got to see him in Ohio next week. And Yuta all of a sudden comes in there and is just like, you know, defending his BCC member, and then challenges him to a match on uh, Rampage. And yeah, there you go. And also, I thought it was quite funny how Yudo accepted for on Moxley's behalf. That I thought was kind of a funny little moment. But uh, it was a good ma- match to push for for Rampage. Yudo ra- uh, Hangman is a, I, that is a good Rampage match, I will say. Okay. Yeah. So then, American Dragon Brian Danielson going through the trials and tribulations of MJF as he faced the Machine Brian Cage. 
This um, is where my beef came in, so I can't yep. wait. Let's get here. Yeah. All right. So, Brian Cage, the fucking enigma that is Brian Cage. Such an amazing. Guy. Bigger, but I just can't. I can't put a finger on why nothing. Nothing works. Nothing just clicks with this guy. Um, I, I don't. I don't know why. Because he's got a great look. He has a pretty solid move set. That being said, I think Wardlow does some stuff better than him. Um, but again, I mean, that's just my personal opinion. People can disagree with that as well. Um, I don't know what it is, dude. Maybe it's because just, you know, the promos, I haven't heard enough good work of him there. Maybe it's because every match I see him, I'm always more focused on his, on his opponent. Maybe it's because he was a dick to my friend one time. I don't know, but I just, again, this was a downgrade, especially after last week. When Danielson's having matches with Kanosuke Takeshita and all this type of stuff, dude, I'm just like, this felt like we just kind of went backwards. Like, this could have started off the trials, but it didn't. And, uh, they, like, it was a fine match, and Danielson did well. And they were really working his shoulder, too, which they then would talk about in the backstage promo that uh, Brent Danielson had, which was amazing, where he fucking talks about how his shoulder was separated. And he was like, I would have fucking flipped my shit if they stopped the match and they like Doc came and tried to get me out of there. Um, that I loved, and Danielson had an outstanding promo on the show. Definitely see it if you haven't. Um, but yeah, I I just uh, I don't know much. Brian Cage just nothing worked for me. And then MJF comes down after the match after Danielson wins, uh, and uh, after though he he uh, proceeds to uh, get angry and then. Brian Cage then starts going after Brian Danielson. MJF then gets a metal chair, gives it to Cage, and then they start throwing uh, Brian into the shoulder, into the, I mean, into the ring post. MJF going after him, going after him, and then Takeshita comes down and chases MJF up the ring, and then uh, that's when uh, Takeshita hit a running knee strike on Brian Cage. All right. Now it gets to the thing that made me angry. And the tweet... That mini blew up. It didn't blow up. It mini blew up. Okay. The tweet, and it was in uh, a large amounts of caps, was aimed at Mr. Willa Yuta. And I said, where are we at? I was, I'm close. So Willa Yuta runs out to defend John Moxley, who is not at the show, but does not go out to help Daniel, Daniel, Brian Danielson who is right effing there. He is yep. literally in a faction. Make it make sense. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fucking funny. And pretty fucking funny. Somebody's like, so, okay, someone's like, um, I forgot which one. It, there was one guy that made it make sense. He did his best to make it make sense, saying he's kind of on the outs with the Blackpool Combat Club. So I was like, okay, okay, fair. You have made a point. Do I necessarily agree with it? No, because I don't feel like that has really been told, right? So today, today on uh, Tuesday, excuse me, yesterday, Tuesday, January 31st, AEW puts out new merch, and it's Blackpool Combat Club. Yep. Guess who's on the Blackpool Combat Club picture? In the front. Yuta. And who else? Danielson and Moxley. Yes. So they are in the same faction. So again, I restate, make it make sense. He is literally in the back. (laughs) Defend. 
defending this guy that's not even there. His guy's getting beat up in the middle of the ring. Ah, let me sit here and catering. Let me have let me have a water. Mmm, this tasty water. Good beverage. To the point where Takeshita, who's not even in the group, has to run down to save Brian Danielson so his arm doesn't get broke. Yuta, I don't know, man. I don't know what you're doing, but you're you're trying to be a good team member, but like seem to not give a fuck about Danielson whatsoever. <laughs> because like, like I've seen this man pinned either with Claudio and fucking Moxley, but not Danielson. It's very odd. Yes, that's crazy. Yeah. But either way. Uh, we'll move on, though. Uh, Tony Storm had a match with Ruby Soho, uh, and Dr. Britt Baker uh, was going to be in the match. It was going to be a three-way, but due to injury, she was not able to compete. Uh, but Tony and Ruby did a uh, pretty solid match, though. Um, again, I'm digging the fact of how like Ruby is kind of being like in this whole like AEW Originals versus uh, transplants uh, for uh, the women's division. I'm glad how Ruby's kind of being there, being like the, you know, no, I, I came from there. But these girls are busting their ass, and I'm not gonna let you be like, oh, they've ne- they've been nowhere. They don't know what anything is. Like they're working their asses off. I don't know how this is gonna play off, but I do like right now that they're not sticking to sticking to the uh, strict AEW original right versus. I'm like Ruby, Ruby. You know, you know, like I said, she feels more committed to AEW. So maybe she's more of the homegrown talent than, you know, uh, outside. Right. Well, and also, she's too, the she's game. the kind of person, she's the person who could understand, like, you know, she, like she was the runaway. She understands why people went to find a new safe haven in wrestling because she had her problems over there and she's seen what they've built. Yeah. Like, uh, she had, like, she, she could have run away anywhere. She ran away to AEW for a reason. Correct. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, and you put it the best way using her name. But yeah, it was just like I like it because honestly, we were me and Jr. were on the phone trying to do our five on fives, and we like with with sticking to the strict. This person was made in AEW. You were making some strange bedfellows, so I guess it's getting to the point where you can make it make sense. Yeah, no, there's it's I, I was seeing and I was like, hmm, I'm not sure, but there are some pieces in there that I'm liking right now. I want to see it continue to build a little bit, but I'm things that i like which is good um mjf then addressed uh Takeshita afterwards basically saying stay out of my business or you're going to be punished there will be consequences and he's like hey how is your shoulder brian like it seems like you know uh you're you might be in trouble and listen bad things happen to people who mess with me tonight was just the tip of the iceberg and now he has to go up against timothy thatcher who knows a thing about mangling arms and mangling shoulders. And he's like, just trying to fucking grind that in. And that's going to be a great fucking match too. You got two technical fucking beasts. You want to talk about the long lost, not member of the Blackpool combat club. It's Thatcher for sure. It it, did. I mean, that's William Regal's long lost son, dude. That Uh kills people. (laughs) You know, it's like, dude, I, I heard Thatcher and I was just like, Oh, yeah, that is, have me intrigued. That is going to be a physical match. If you like work, shoot, very kind of physical matches, you're going to love this match. So yeah, yeah. And enjoy. 
if that's your cup of tea. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We then get to the main event as it was Mark Briscoe, the ROH World Tag Team Champion, facing off against Jay Lethal, celebrating the late gray Jay Briscoe, which uh, was also on his 39th birthday. Um, and we had Ian Riccoboni and Caprice Colvin uh, be on commentary for this as this was a full Ring of Honor match. Um, and this was just special. It was a special moment. Um, Mark out there doing great stuff. It's just, again, it, you can't not look at this and just be, like, at least get a little bit of a warm feeling in your heart about it. And it was awesome. Everyone came out after the match was over with the T-shirts on and, like, and Mark just talking into the camera, like, I love you, bro, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It was great. Yeah, Mark. The hug, him and him and Jay Lethal hugging after the match, like. I like. I don't know a lot about Mark Briscoe in his personal life or anything like that. I really don't. But how he was and how he was comforting other people and how upbeat he was, he seems like the person. He seems like a very much of a kindred spirit of me, and someone I would want to be around. And that's pretty much the high, like one of the higher compliments I can say. That dude just seems like, you know, his heart was in the right place and he went out there and performed and dedicated to his brother. And yeah, I'm about to get misty eyed talking about it. And it's just like, because like I said, I'm like, I'm not, you know, not, this is not to make it about me, but I only could imagine losing my brother. You know, I, I, I pretty much associate professional wrestling mostly with him and probably in a large, same in a large way. Uh, you know, Mark and Jay associated with each other. So I could not imagine losing my brother and then going back to work. So shout out. Right. To him. Yeah. For sure. But that was the closing moments of AEW Dynamite. I'll mention just real quickly, I will say, because we've gone a bit long with this episode. I'll just mention Rampage in kind of a, a quicker sort of sense. Um, first, I want to say um, the match that we had between Yuta and Hangman great really really good match um and again uh it was a huge win for dude, hangman dude willie yuda is i mean i i know his opponents are strong but wrestling's you know i've heard it described as a dance and you need a great dance partner man willie is a great dance partner oh my god dude. that dude knows how to put on a match and that dude's an excellent wrestler, and he is going to—he's going to have five stars by his name quite a bit before his career is over. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm so happy that like every time I see him in a ring, he just works so well with whoever he's in the ring with. It doesn't matter who; he and just he works, works so well, hard, and he's so fluid and somehow fluid and intense at the same time. He pulls off this thing. It's like every match, I think he can win. And I mean, that goes, you know, that goes to the person he's working with. But you have to give that man the credit, too, because he's in there with some of the best wrestlers in the world. And he's toe for toe, move for move with them. Yeah, I, I am very impressed with Willow Yuta. For sure. For sure. Um, another thing I want to mention from this show, too, was that we actually saw Dustin Rhodes getting interviewed until he got interrupted by Swerve Strickland and the Mogul Affiliates. And they, Strickland goes, the nerve of you Rhodes family guys, your brother ain't shit. Let's not even talk about your dad, which really pissed Dustin off. 
Um, I'm all about Dustin Rhodes getting in there with Sora Strickland. I think that would be a fucking fun little match. Um, and it was all good until he said Cody wasn't shit. Uh, oh, what? yeah, sure. Now it's like this motherfucker. What? I mean, like, what? What? Say it to his face. Man gave you a job, and now you're going to talk bad about his name? He built you a company there. and then gave you a job. Ungrateful. And stepped away from it. Ungrateful. He stepped out. Of, you know what? He moved out so other people can shine in the spotlight, you know? That's just He's just such a good, kind-hearted person. Such a good person. And then sw- Such a good person. Swerve to talk down on him like that. Sneaky swerve. And disrespecting his elder. Dustin gonna have to take him over his knee. We'll see. For sure. For sure. Uh, we, then, of course, the main event of this uh, rampage was uh, Jamie Hayter, the AW Women's World Champion versus Emi Sakura. Jamie got a fucking killer response. People love Jamie Hayter. And I'm so glad... Uh, to see that because she's done well Big adjustment um, from you know aew turning i mean without turning her without doing the big dramatic thing they have turned Britt in jamie face yeah for sure and it's worked out too well oh, and um her and emmy sakura had a really good match like really good like i'm glad to see that the uh, emmy sakura gets usage on uh these shows too because she's just got such a level and, of just like apparently she's one of the trainers. She works with the women. You yeah, know. that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah so exactly. like the experience and the ability to like help lead and like you can tell that they she works well with uh, the people that she's in the ring with. Very physical match. I gotta say, having uh, her uh, royal court coming out with her adds to her presentation. And then they, I mean, it was women slapping meat, dude. It was. It was a very physical, aggressive match. Like, you don't see women's matches like that very often. And yeah, they, they killed it. They killed it. That was probably one of it. It's going to be weird to say this. That was probably one of my favorite women's matches in AEW history because it was just so physical. It was just boom, mm-hmm. boom, boom, strikes. And then how she finished her with a clothesline, it was just. It was it was a Jamie yeah her rib cord, her rib cord clothesline dude it hits yeah and it's like Jamie hater hits hard a catchphrase literally tells the story of what makes Jamie hater so awesome absolutely that was um, the main stuff we wanted to mention on Rampage I will say um, real quickly though we'll do our little preview of Dynamite for tonight taking place in Dayton Ohio. We get Kanosuke Takeshita facing off against Brian Cage. Uh, Brian Danielson, of course, gets his match against Timothy Thatcher. Uh, the Acclaimed will be in action. Uh, Jade Cargill will face off against uh, uh, Red Velvet in a TBS championship match. Uh, Hangman Adam Page will be facing John Moxley in the third match uh, of these two. And then Darby Allen will already be defending his TNT championship again, this time against Samoa Joe looking to get it back. My stomach, bold prediction, Hangman and Mox is not going to have a winner. Really now? Double knockout. Full Rocky Two style? Like, both clotheslining each other, full 10 count, match is over. I think it then goes to the last man standing match at, Re- at uh, Revolution. Yeah. Um, you know what? It might be wrong, and I will never bring it up. But if I'm right, this is how we're starting the show next week. 
I I could imagine this being the starting match for sure. But it looks like we got a pretty solid looking dynamite coming our dude, way for this episode. Dude, like Brian Cage, where all the things he doesn't work, that dude puts on nothing but banger matches. And against Tikashita? Yeah, that's going to be a 10, 15 minute match, and it's going to be amazing with a bunch of high spots. It's going to be amazing. And uh, so that's going to be great. Brian Danielson and Thatcher. There is a certain person that this match is for. If you like the Young Bucks matches, and that's your stuff, this is probably not going to be <laughs> the type no. of match you want. Because this is going to be a lot on the mat, a lot of twisting each other, and very physical. It's, it's not going to be a lot of hot flying in this match. It is pretty much going to be like blood sport on AEW, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Cargill and Red Velvet. Cargill is stale as hell right now. It, there's got to be some sort of juice, dude. I know they're built. They're really trying to like you know stretch out the winning streak. I'm saying, dude, a winning streak can only go for so long before people just stop caring. And especially when you don't have that many women in the company. Uh huh. Stale. Like I said. Like I said, dude. I I I was like, come on, man. Someone's got to be the person to beat her at this point. Like, I'm you don't got much left. I'm not saying she has to lose, but something significant has to add, be added to this act. It doesn't even to, have to be a title match. To make it make someone care. And right yeah. now, Jade is so stale, no one cares. So Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. But, like, it, like I, there's got to be something, dude. It's been too long. Yeah. But that's our preview for Dynamite for, for this week. Uh now, real quick, we've got a good amount of things to talk about in some other headlines for AEW. So, Floyd, go ahead and take it. Dude, I did my best to try to get all the headlines. I know sometimes I'm missing, like, very, <laughs> very, like, oh, you should have said this. Well, New Japan announced Kota Bushi has left the company. Uh, Kota has then, looks like he's going to be somewhat of a freelancer. Uh, he has signed for GCW uh, shows in uh, WrestleMania weekend. One for Joey Janela's spring break. His opponent has not been announced. But for Josh Barnett's Bloodsport 9, he has been uh, announced to face Speedball Mike Bailey in what are some people are calling a dream match. I never frown on dream matches because I imagine that's somebody else's, somebody's dream match. But yeah, so what happened early in the day? I got to say this. is Someone was like, well, Kota Bushi is going to show up in Dayton, Ohio and challenge John Moxley to Bloodsport. And I was like, that was like all I wanted, right? They they said right. something cool, and now I want it. And then so they announced something that would have probably be cool most of the time. Uh, but then you know I had heard the other thing, and now I want the other thing. Even though no one yep. promised me the other thing, no one said I was. It's so only when you heard it. It was when you were just like, you know what? That sounds awesome. And then yeah, I I'm sorry. I just Kota Bushi and Mike Bailey in a regular match. Hell yeah, during match. In a work shoot match, eh? I don't think I care. But well, whatever. I all there are a bunch of people that love. Just give me sport. more Kota Ibushi in the yeah. states, dude. That's yeah. all I want. Kota Ibushi, hey, exactly. I love him. I love him. Dude, I love him, dude. I would put him on Impact and have him beat Josh Alexander the first night and <laughs> win the Impact title, dude. That's how much I like Kota Ibushi. Uh, mm-hmm. Former AEW EVP Cody Rhodes who won the 2020. Three Royal Rumble and will main event. We get it against Roman Reigns. Well, it's in the notes. I had to read it. God. Oh, who wrote the notes? Oh, hey, 
That is beside the point. It's on the copy. I had to read the copy. Okay? <laughs> the holdup on the release date of the AEW Fight Forever video game, which I've made many, many jokes about, is apparently there is an issue with the rating of the game. I think they want to get it to like the teen rating. Yeah, they want a teen rating. They want a teen rating, but apparently what uh, it's been leaning towards more is a mature rating. So, and they want it. And that would they want a teen rating like the WWE games, I think. Because that would limit uh, a mature rating would limit who could buy the game, and that way it would unlimit limit your audience. I mean. Kids do find a way around that, but you know, you want it, bro. Like, yeah, again, I get it, I get it, but like, mature rating, no one gives a fuck about the ESRB ratings, they don't care, dude. Only fucking weird, like, up their ass, like, fucking like Southern Baptist or something. See, I don't my know. My whole thing is like, you should probably just have. I remember old games had the blood on and blood off option, you know, and it was like that was how WWE kept the rating because you didn't have to have the blood on it came actually off yeah. and you had to go turn it on so i don't even know if that's an option i don't know nothing about video game programming to be able to speak to that so but yes that is the delay on the game for all that no couple notes uh other notes is mark briscoe his uh i mean uh jay briscoe's uh tribute shirt is still online at shop honor Pro Wrestling Tees and uh, Shop AEW. All proceeds go to the Pew family. And and I am excited and happy to announce that this uh, week's uh, poster, uh, this week's poster um, for AEW, which was, it ended up being the dog, a poster of the dog collar match between um, FTR, uh, a poster of the dog collar match between FTR and the Briscoes. There was a, a rare variant one of 25 and then there was a one of 200 with a hundred percent of the proceeds going to benefit the pew family they both completely sold out within 10 minutes which is awesome i want to focus on that first that you know make it help me make money for the pew family which is the most important thing but i also like to do my little brag that i got both there you go dude i got the one of 25 got back in and still got the one of 200 Fuck yeah, dude. dude. That's awesome. That's called luck. That is 100%. There was no skill, just dumb ass luck. I was driving home from San Antonio, and my I kept telling my wife at 11.45 I was going to stop at a gas station so I could try to get this poster, and she thought I was, like, joking. 11.44, I pulled over to the gas station, connect to their Wi-Fi, and I was able to get through. And she laughs at me because she thinks I'm so stupid a lot of times. She loves me anyway, but I am very stupid. And But I was happy. I was so happy I had to tell Cash and Dax that I got it. I was like, dude, I got both of them. Because I, <laughs> I didn't think there was any way I was getting both. I thought I'd be lucky to get the one of 200. I didn't think I was getting both. I mean, it's it's super special for me because I was at the match. You know what I mean? It was right. Like, I was there. And it was it's probably my favorite match I've ever seen live. And I, 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 that's probably not going to change at this point. So the fact that I can get them, get them uh, signed, get them framed, you know, to represent this amazing moment, one of Jay Briscoe's last matches, which, which was a complete masterpiece of a match. The fact that that and the money goes to his family, amazing, amazing. Everything that the uh, the AW uh, Ring of Honor family is doing. For the Briscoes, 
and you know all the tributes on it. It's just been beautiful. I love when the community comes together. You know, it's just amazing. So, I you know this is what <laughs> I hate that it takes this kind of stuff to happen. But I try to tell people that are bickering over AEW and WWE and blah blah blah. Is this is what the wrestling community could be? We mm-hmm. can we can you know disagree and have fun and all that stuff. But largely, we should all have each other's back. Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go, Floyd. Closing out perfectly like we always do. (laughs) Thank you so much, you guys, for listening to this episode of All Things Elite. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Make sure you leave a rating on this episode if you enjoyed it and leave a review. And also download this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to us on Spotify or wherever you choose to listen to us, give us a share with your friends, family, coworkers, whoever you wish. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at AT Elite Pod, at Social Suplex. So the guys that make this show possible, check out all the other shows that they have on their network. I am at Austin Sumowitz, S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And Floyd is at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter. So Floyd, go ahead and take us home on this episode of All Things Elite. I don't even know how many of you listened to this far into the show. You probably cut it off right after this. But I want to take this special moment to say happy birthday to one of the best humans that I know is Jackie Rodriguez of the Elite POV, but just Jackie Rodriguez of my life, of my friend, my FTR pal. Uh, I mean, honestly, it's like our relationship became very, we became very close, very intense. Love this woman with literally all of my heart. Uh, and, you know, happy birthday. I know it was on the 29th, but, you know, I haven't done the show since then. But the happiest birthdays, uh, we're going we're gonna to make them all special from now on. And I uh, hope you have a good one. And with that, I will leave you how I always leave you. Whether it's home, work, or school, always do your best to be elite. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.